Hey, what's up? Welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. Today, just for a couple of minutes, I'm going to talk about without passion, nothing great is ever going to be accomplished. But let's get down to the brass tacks of it. You can't even accomplish some of the small things in life without passion or sacrifice. I mean, you got to be able to give up something to get something in this life sometimes. You want to put hard work in. I don't know what your goals are. I don't know what you're trying to do. You want to save money, but you don't have a lot of money that you make. You Or let's say you don't have a lot of overage after bills. You don't have a lot of overage, but you have a goal for a certain amount of bank account that you want to maintain. So that means you're going to have to sacrifice hanging out. You're going to have to sacrifice going out. You might have to downgrade your clothes wear. You know, be less designer than you normally were. And if you have a business that you want to jump off, you're really going to have to put some zeal into it. You might have to lose some sleep over redesigning, rebranding, re-advertisement. I don't care what your goal is. You want to be a good free throw shooter? You're going to have to sacrifice time to take free throw shots over and over and over again ad nauseum. You're going to have to practice at anything that you want to do. It's got to be something that's worthwhile. That's what your passions are, something that you feel is worthwhile. And nobody can tell you what that is. I love to golf. I try to do as much golf as I can when I'm able So that means that I spend time at the driving range, not just the golf course, but at the driving range to work on aspects of my game. Sure, it takes me time. It takes me energy. It costs me money. It costs me time that I could be doing something else. But this is a passion in my life. So that energy that you spend means a lot. And how much enthusiasm do you put into whatever it is that you want to accomplish? That will also show you what you'll get back. You know, life is a give to get kind of thing. You can't just take. You got to put into the soil some seeds or they will not, will will grow if you just dig a hole in the ground, cover that hole back up in the ground, water that hole. Is anything going to grow out of that hole? No, you got to plant the seed. You are that seed. Your passion is that seed. I mean, understand that some of these sacrifices might be painful. They might cost you some precious time with your loved one. So that's why you got to make sure it's truly a passion and not a waste of time. It's got to be something that you truly, truly want with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your determination, with all the energy that you have to be able to also go about living the life that you normally used to live in, but just at a cut back scale. And, there are no uh there are no absolutes, okay? There's no absolutes. Some people get lucky enough to find their passion, have people fund their passion, have people back their passion, have people work towards their passion for them. But the average Joe citizen is not going to have a already built-in network. The average person is going to have to build a network, gonna have to build a brand, they're gonna have to build brass roots. You know, the super rich with the brass spoon, they have that network in place. They don't really have to worry about that. But I'm talking to us who are grassroots people. And I wish you the best with whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. If it's 
just like I said, have a better body, uh, get a degree, be better at a game or hobby, save money, lose weight. I don't know what it is. I don't look down on any of it. I wish you the very best, but let your passion, let your heart, your determination, your soul be in it. Make sure that you are planting that seed. I said that before and I say it again. That loose dirt with nothing but water and sunshine is just going to be a hole with wet dirt and sunshine. You need to plant that seed in the ground. So this week, we lost Tony Bennett at the age of 96. I had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Bennett on Fifth Avenue one time. He was a nice enough gentleman. He did say hello. And that's never anything more than I ask for a celebrity. I'll say hi. They say hi back. I never want a picture. I never want to autograph. They're human beings. I don't put them on pedestals. But you know what? It was somebody who recognized him who was not from his generation, and he appreciated the fact that he was recognized, and I appreciate the fact that he was human. He was human. I thought that this dude took little and made a lot. He took the lemons that he had because I didn't think he was a great-looking guy. I didn't think he had a particular charismatic thing about him or was a great singer, but we all know Tony Bennett's name. I respect Tony Bennett for what he's accomplished, winning over 20 Grammys, being beloved by millions. And I hope that he rests in peace. He had a nice long life, 96 years on this earth. And uh, once again, rest in peace, Mr. Bennett. So Jamie Foxx blessed us with a video this week. I'm not going to get into any of this minutiae bullshit about cloning. I don't believe in it. I believe that was Jamie Foxx speaking to us. I believe that Jamie Foxx had went through some things. And I respect him and his family for holding tight, being loyal to Jamie. His family had no loyalty to us, the general public. That family had loyalty to Mr. Fox, and they showed it. The most that they would tell us is that he's doing well. He's in Chicago. He's playing pickleball. And you know what? They let everybody run with whatever they decided to run with. They let him run with the COVID. They let him run with he's blind. They let him run that he was paralyzed. They let him run that he was dead. Uh, you know what? His family didn't owe us anymore. Just because you buy an album, you go see a movie, you see his stand-up routine, or you watch his TV show, doesn't mean that you own him. Jamie Foxx, I wish him nothing but the best. Millions of people love his talent. I mean, I'm not going to say millions of people love the man because we don't really know the man. And see, that's when you get into some kind of crazy idol worship to me. When you start saying that you love people that you never met. But the talent, and I've enjoyed a lot of things by Jamie over the years. And I hope to be able to continue to enjoy more things by Jimmy as life moves forward. So I watched two documentaries. The first one I watched was Goliath. The Story of Wilt Chamberlain. This was a three-part documentary. It's very interesting. This is one of those things that were actually by the families okay done via AI. They wanted to use Wilt Chamberlain's real voice to tell Wilt Chamberlain's story because Wilt Chamberlain is no longer here. So they took excerpts and interviews and mixed it in with some, some real videos plus some like cartoonish type things 
to tell Wilt's story. Wilt was an interesting guy. Uh, you know, Wilt came with his own issues and stuff, but it was a very good. I say if you get a chance, stream it. It's well worth it. I only seen the very first episode of The Golden Boy, which is the Oscar De La Hoya story. Episode one was fantastic. I'm expecting episode two to be fire also. I mean, Oscar's story is one that needs to be told. He said some truths in episode one that I had never heard about him before. And I'm expecting some more truths to be revealed in episode two. So once again, I'm going to give a thumbs up at least for episode one of The Golden Boy, the Oscar De La Horror, Horry story. Now, you know what? We got to give Michael Jordan, the GOAT, some credit. He started this phenomenon of these people sitting down and telling us who they are and what they were about. And now we've had, we've on to five or six, we've had Arnold We've had Shaq, we've had Bill Walton, now we've had Oscar De La Hoya, and I, I might be skipping somebody. Hopefully Tiger does this one day if Tiger's honest enough to be able to do it. Uh, and I look forward to, like I said, others doing this down the line. So Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics, the two-time All-Star has agreed to a five-year, $304 million Supermax contract with the Celtics. He's going to be the highest-paid player in NBA history. Jalen Brown is going to be making, in excess by the end of this contract, 69, here it is again, $69 million in a season to play basketball. There are 82 games in a season. He's going to be making 69. You know, that's over 700 and something thousand dollars per game. I'm sure when little Jalen Brown was a little boy, he couldn't even dream of making this kind of money. And he can make it in a five-year span. That doesn't include what he's made before. At the end of this contract, he'll only be 31 years old which means he'll be able to sign another contract if he's healthy and who knows what that will be for. So this dude has a chance to walk away from just playing basketball, being at least worth 500 million to maybe a billion dollars when you add in endorsements. Yesterday I was sitting at home watching, I guess I was watching get up and out of the blue, I get an alert breaking news over my uh, phone. Not like I'm special. We all got the same breaking news. Bronny James, LeBron James' son, had suffered cardiac arrest while at basketball practice at USC. And this threw me off. I'm not a huge LeBron James fan. I'm not a huge Bronny fan. I never thought of him as a super special basketball player. But this is an 18-year-old boy. That's the way I look at it. He's an 18-year-old son of a very famous man. I wouldn't wish cardiac arrest on anybody. Especially an 18-year-old, he's got so many mysteries to go on in life. He's got so much that he wanted to accomplish, and some of those goals might be beyond his reach now. I wish him the very best. I wish him full health. I hope that they got to him in time where he was not lacking oxygen to his brain for any amount of time that would cause any permanent damage. I wish the James family the best. He has a sister, he has a brother who I'm sure love and care and are fearful of what the future holds. 
uh, maybe his NBA career will end and this will guide him on the path to bigger and better things. The NBA is not the end all be all, everybody. You know, Bronny James could go on to be great at something else. And this just might have been the wake up call inside him to trigger the key to that greatness. But like I said, I did a show on me and my heart issues. So I know firsthand what heart issues cause in life. And I'm not saying that they're similar at all with what this young man is going through. I wasn't his age. I was much older. Uh, I had lived a life. I didn't have the talent. I didn't have the the financial backing to get the attention and the care that he can get. And, you know, that all can work in his favor. I was not a top collegiate athlete that could work in his favor. But, you know, cardiac arrest is not like a heart attack. A lot of people think cardiac arrest is like a heart attack. They think the words are synonymous when they actually aren't. A heart attack is a blood flow issue. Cardiac arrest is an electrical brain issue. And see, that's where the issue is with cardiac arrest. It can cause later on down the line, you have to watch out for strokes. You have to watch out for uh, becoming epileptic because you had an electronic disconnect with the brain and the heart. And like I said, I don't want to spend much time on this. I, I wish him nothing but the best. My prayers go out to the James family and anybody who is dealing with this issue. Make sure that you get tested, that you know what your health situations are. If you have any red flags, run to the doctor. Do, do not walk. Run to the doctor. Get there ASAP. Don't say that I'm big and I'm strong and I can handle this. If something feels off, get where you got to go. Get some attention. Have somebody look at you. We can look on ourselves from the outside. See, but that don't tell the story. The story is internal. That's the part we don't get to see. See, that's where the soul is. That's where the organs are. That's where real life is happening. Not on the outside. Real life is happening with human beings on the inside. So Elon Musk, definitely not one of my favorite people, is rebranding Twitter as X. I could care less. I have no friends or no followers on Twitter. I follow nobody on Twitter. Matter of fact, underneath my name on Twitter is the, my story. I do not believe in followers, nor do I believe in following. See, this is a mantra that I go by in life. Do I look people up from time to time on Twitter? Yes, I'm a human being. I'm, I'm interested in what some people have to say. But I have more people blocked than I have people that I am interested in, to tell you the truth. And I use Twitter just to post my podcast once a week. So once a week, I always will put a link on my Twitter for my latest podcast edition, like I will do after this show is today. But I don't understand Twitter with the X. Uh, The X doesn't make sense. You think of Twitter, tweet a bird. It made perfect sense. We were all used to the blue bird. Uh, It's Elon Musk's toy. He could do whatever he wants with his toy. He paid for it. I don't have the right to tell him or to even insinuate on the air that somebody should be able to tell this man what he paid $44 billion 
what he can and cannot do. But do I think it will make a big difference at the end of the day? No. I mean, but X, X is just, I don't know, man. It's just simple. It's stupid. Hey, dude, send me an X today. Hey, young lady, you know, did you check out my X page today? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. But, you know, it is what it is. On Friday, July 28th, Mega Millions for $2, you get a chance to play and win $910 million, people. I did not stutter. I said $910 million for two American dollars. I'm not asking you to go out there and spend any grand total of money because if you're going to be blessed by God in this situation, the $2 is all you're going to need. All you need to be is in the game. You don't need 9 million tickets. You just need one right ticket. And that one right ticket is going to cost you 20 dimes, 8 quarters, or 200 pennies. You get the math. Now, if you're listening to me from somewhere, and I just wanted to add this in here, that has been frying. Make sure you stay hydrated. Make sure you stay cool. Make sure you watch out for your pets. That you make sure that they stay hydrated. That you keep AC on or fan or something inside the house when you leave so that your dogs and your cats and your animals do not suffer. Do not lock your children in a car. Please don't do anything that irresponsible. But you personally, stay cool and stay hydrated. Try to stay away from getting heat stroke. If you do not have to be busy outside, do not be busy outside. Handle your business and keep it moving and get back someplace cool. I just wanted to add that in there. So Michael Jordan's sale of the Hornets was officially approved by the NBA. The purchase is going to be estimated at $3 billion. Michael Jordan owned the Charlotte Hornets for about 14 years. Michael said enough is enough. He's ready to move on. I can't sweat Michael on this. He did what he did. He was a great basketball player. He wasn't a great owner or an executive. But if he wanted to bail out, take the money and run, I have no problem with it. I'm just reporting on the issue. So we had the NFL running backs all come together for the most part and had their little bitch fit a summit on Zoom or whatever. And you know what? To a degree, NFL running backs have a point. They're not very well paid. On average, kickers make more money than NFL running backs, but there are less kickers in the league than NFL running backs. And kickers directly affect wins and losses. One point at the end of a game that you've been busting your ass and playing all day can be decided on a one-second field goal or extra point, and it happens multiple times a year, all year. And it's not like the running back doesn't run the ball to get it in that position. Uh, When they come up with the CBA, they're going to have to figure out maybe they got to make this position a hybrid position where they're half running back, half wide receiver, so that their salary rates rise when they get free agent tagged. But I say that to say, Saquon Barkley, for all the nonsense, all the moaning and groaning that he did, he only ended up, I mean, you know, I'm talking normal person, he only ended up with $960 million chance to make $960 million more than he was already going to make with the uh, franchise tag. 
Now, I'm thinking, because I'm allowed to do this, I'm thinking that maybe Saquon has some kind of financial issues and he needed that $2 million up front because he, you know, them giving the $2 million as a signing bonus instead of putting it on his salary, that matters. Now, people on ESPN and Fox and NFL channel, they won't speak on that, but I'm Joe Public. And I'm thinking that that $2 million up front must have made a difference in his life. So Justin Herbert, the most overhyped quarterback in the NFL, and I'm not mad at him, but he got a five-year, $262.5 million contract extension, making him the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Now, the Chargers paid him because they believe in his potential. It seems like a lot of people believe in his potential. As of yet, Justin Herbert has not really shown me anything. Well, people go, okay, well, what are you going to say about Lamar? Lamar did win the MVP of the league. Lamar has won a playoff game. Uh, Justin Herbert has a good team. He's in L.A. Uh, he's going to give the people of the Chargers fans some hope. So, you know what? You got to pay him. You paid Hurts, so now you don't have to worry about him. Now out there, really, you only got Barrow who needs to be paid. And you know what? If I'm Cincinnati Bengals, I'm not going to sit around and wait. I'm going to pay Barrow and get this done and over with. My Cowboys re-signed Trayvon Diggs to a five-year, $97 million contract. I think they way overpaid for Trayvon, but I'm glad he got his money. Because the thing with the Cowboys is every time they sign one of these guys to a long-term deal, they seem to go into relaxed mode. They're never the same player that they were before. I don't like his lack of aggression as a cornerback to begin with. I think that he's pretty weak. I think if you look back at the film from the playoff game against San Francisco 49ers, when Kittle made that last catch, Diggs, all he had to do was run into Kittle, and Kittle would have never been able to make that catch, and the Dallas Cowboys would have won that game and then went on to the NFC Championship. And But because he was he doesn't want to make contact so much, he actually ran away from Kittle. And if you don't believe me, look up the George Kittle fourth quarter catch and you will see number seven going in the opposite direction of George Kittle as he makes this catch and this is a guy you reward with a five-year 97 million dollar contract good luck to my Cowboys I don't even know if they'll ever win in my lifetime again so the Saints signed tight end Jimmy Graham to a one-year contract I'm going to be deadly honest. I didn't even know Jimmy Graham was still in the league. Jimmy Graham was one of those dudes that we thought of when he came out of college. He was going to be a Hall of Fame tight end. It didn't pan out that way. He's had a long career, but it's been interrupted and began and interrupted over and over again due to injuries. And you know what? I wish that he goes out like a real warrior's last season. Hopefully this is getting towards his last season in the league. And I already stated that Saquon Barkley finally did agree to that one-year deal worth up to $11 million. It's 10.1 with 960 impossible incentives. And one of the incentives is that the Giants must make the playoffs. I wish him good luck with that. I hope next year that he works out whatever he needs to with the Giants before so he doesn't have to go through this drama-fold offseason again. 
one of my favorite cornerbacks in the league, Marcus Peters, who I really liked as a Raven. He agreed to a one-year deal to go to the Raiders. Uh, you know, I guess the Raiders were the ones offering him the money, so he had no choice. Uh, I feel bad for the Ravens fans that they lost such a hard-nosed, fiery player. See, this is the type of football player I would want on my team, Marcus Peters. Sure, he causes trouble and he, he messes up from time to time. But when he's good and he's focused, he is really, really good. And he's really, really uh, one of those dudes who could, a firebrand, who, you know, knock the air out of receiver and make him think twice about coming his direction. And I like that kind of football player. To me, that's football. That's how I was raised on football. So all the NFL clubs, well, I don't even need to say all. When you say unanimous, you already say all. They approved that $6.5 or $6.05 billion sale of the Washington Commanders to that group led by John Harris, you know, and uh, Magic Johnson and some other people that we don't know about. Now, me personally, one of the first things Mr. Harris, Magic, and those partners need to do is rebrand the Commanders. Washington Commanders suck as a brand. It sucks as a name. It sucks as a uniform. It sucks as a logo. Uh, Washington needs to get, I mean, they can't go back to the RS name, but they damn sure don't have to be the Washington Commanders after this year. Played out this year. Come up with a logo. Trademark it. Come up with a better design. I know they like their, their color patterns which is like burgundy and gold. You can stick with that, but just come up with something that's a little bit more catchy. So Brian Harmon won the U.S. Open. This dude was leading after day two. He held on to a day three. He was really not being challenged at all on day four. So congratulations on winning a major. And I'm glad an American came out and won the British Open. Uh, it was a... It was a bizarre British Open. Uh, I'm not really a big fan of the British tournaments because there's no water that comes into play. I love golf courses where water hazards are a big part of the game. There is these big sand dunes or these holes that look like they're from the moon. You know, there's more linksy. But, it, you know, they had rain. Then they had a little sun. Then they had wind. So the elements had a big part to do with it. And it, that's what made it so hard for anybody to catch him on day four. Actually on day three and day four. Because, you know, if if Rom didn't play lights out on Saturday, he wouldn't have even been in contention come Sunday, to tell you the truth. Last week we had the UFC fight not Tom Aspinall took on uh, Tabera. I thought this was one of the worst UFC cards of the year. So I'm not going to really go into it. But one thing on the card happened that made me very happy. Molly Meatball McCann's got submitted in the first round. And maybe that will bring some of her sheer arrogance down a notch. She acts like as though she is a world champ. Uh, Dana Teresa as though she's a world champ. This woman has been able to fight three of her last four fights in her home London, England at the O2 Arena, which I thought the crowd even wasn't going as crazy for her this time because I think she's exposed herself as a fraud as far as being a 
championship contender. And as far as I know, she's already dropped from the 125s, and she said next fight she'll fight at 115. Be careful what you ask for, Miss McCann. The killers are ready, waiting for you at 115. 115 is loaded with killer women. This weekend, we have UFC 291. It's going to be a pay-per-view event on ESPN+. Plus. This card on paper, let me repeat this. This card on paper is pure fire, okay? We got Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is fighting Michael Piera. You got Derek Lewis is going up against Marco Raguno de Lima. You got Michael Chiesa going up against Kevin Holland. You got Tony Ferguson going up against Bobby Green. Paulo Costa is fighting Ikram Alaskarvich. Jan Blakovich is fighting Alex Pereira. You got Dustin Poitier versus Justin Gagey, too, for the BMF title, which is bullshit. Uh, the BMF title is is just some pro wrestling shit that they add to a real sport. Makes no sense. If Dustin and Justin aren't fighting for the real title, any other belt they have is bogus. This is some shit that was made up for Jorge Moscoval and Diaz, and it never really panned out. Nobody really cares about it. But, you know, Dustin beat Justin in the very first fight. The same thing could happen this fight. Or it could be reversed because they both got fire in their hands. I think Dustin is the better wrestler. So I'm going to say Portier wins this fight. Oh, But like I said, this card is loaded. And you also have on this card CJ Vergara versus Vincenzi Salvador. So that basically right there with these fights that I mentioned will make it well worth your while if you have ESPN Plus to tune in and see this card. I just want you to remember, before I bail out of here on you, passion. And without that, you're not going to really accomplish anything great. You got to have some passion. You got to have some zeal. You got to have some uh, enthusiasm. You got to put time, energy, and effort into anything that you want in this world. I mean, it's going to cost you. Passion costs. Passion is not cheap. Even biblical passion from Christ cost. It Passion comes with a price. It is not cheap. It is not free. It is not just given or granted. It's got to be built in you. You can't fake having passion for something. It's the only thing or one of the few things in life that you cannot buy, you cannot sniff, you cannot snort, you cannot shoot into your veins. It has to be something that is embedded in you. It lies in you dormant until you wake it up. And when you wake it up, it roars like a lion. And that lion can't stop running. It's always hungry. It's always on the hunt. And you know what? Chase your passion. Chase your dreams. Go after everything you got. And if you fail to achieve it, the next level might be greatness also. You might not reach the plateau that you were really, really reaching for. But right underneath it might be great enough also. That you might still live your dreams. You still might fulfill 
the goals and you'll be able to sleep at night that you least chase them, that you didn't let the things that you're passionate about just sit on the sidelines dormant with no attention given to them at all. And then you have a life full of regrets that you didn't even chase what you were supposed to chase. Now, I hope to hear from you again uh, next week. I hope that you leave comments. If you like something, if you dislike something, please go to my website or uh, one of my links. Hit me with an email. Hit me with a direct message. It does not make a difference. I love hearing from people who listen to Strange Talk with Doc. And I'm just going to tell you, like I tell you each and every time, people, peace to you and peace to yours.